Thank you, Ryan, for uh, pastoring us so well this morning and your gracious comments about where we're at and where our hearts might be at this morning. I realize that this year has been uh, quite a year for us and given us uh, lots of opportunities to grow up. Uh, We've been stretched in a lot of different ways, and uh, it's not always been fun, and we haven't always liked it, but here we are. And uh, we continue to uh, have opportunities to lean into God's grace and provision for us. You know, one of the things that uh, I realized as I thought about this time of being scattered more than we're used to, um, one of the things that I think, one of the gifts of that season for us has been that it's uh, pushed us to take more responsibility for our own spiritual growth. That each of us uh, is um, not, we can't connect in the same ways that we've been used to connecting here at church or maybe with other groups that you're part of. And that's been refreshing for some of us. It has felt a little bit like a a nice break from some of the rhythms that we've had. But I think it's been discouraging for others of us. And it's been a bit of a challenge in some cases. My sense this summer as I was thinking about our sermons and preaching this fall, as I look ahead and, and try to anticipate what might be helpful to us in the months ahead, as I looked into the fall, I felt like prayer would be a really helpful focus for us, especially, as I said, as we're taking more individual responsibility for our spiritual growth. And so um, early in that planning process, I thought, you know, it, maybe what I should do is check in with our lay minister of prayer here at Mount Joy Mennonite Church since we have that role and then I realized I'm married to the lay minister of prayer here at Mount Joy Mennonite Church. So all I had to do was say, hey, could we sit and chat about this? I didn't have to uh, call somebody up and, and make a, uh, set up a meeting. One of the things that I said when we sat down to talk about this was that I'm pretty sure that most of us who are followers of Jesus believe that we should pray. We, we know that. We, we've talked about that already in recent weeks, that we should pray more, probably more than we do. And many of us actually want to pray more than we do, probably. So I, don't, I didn't think that needed a whole lot of attention as we thought about what to, uh, the focus of our sermons in these months. I agreed. And as I began to notice my own journey around prayer, uh, I felt like it would be good for us to focus on why we don't pray. Um, I know that in my own journey, when I hear a sermon about prayer or I read a book on prayer, I get really fired up and I think, yeah, And that lasts about as long as New Year's resolutions tend to last. (laughs) And then I find myself kind of back where I was and feeling vaguely guilty. Because I I know that prayer is at the center. It's it's conversation with my daddy. It's communication with the commander. It's any kind of connection with the being, the personal being at the center of the universe. And yet I find myself slipping back into this space where it's not quite what it seems like it should be. So that conversation, as we talked about those things, led to the recent sermon series that we did on spiritual pathways, um, realizing that we each connect with God in a unique and different way. And I hope you found uh, that series uh, encouraging as you explored that. In this series that we're currently in, we're turning our attention more specifically to the question, why I don't pray? Why I don't pray? I know I should pray. I'd like to play, pray really well. I'd like to pray more, but why don't I? Why don't I? So this morning, we're going to invite you to consider this question of why we don't pray with, this is a big word, with curiosity rather than with guilt or shame. Um, let's get curious about why we don't pray as much as we could or as much as we would like to, or maybe even get curious about why we don't even want to pray. Um, 
I think that God, as our loving Father, and the one who knows us through and through, already knows the answer to this question. It's, it's us that needs to find out the answer. So if we get real and honest in our curiosity, God's not going to be shocked at the answer. And so we can approach this from a place of curiosity rather than a place of guilt or shame. So our question for you to consider this morning is what would it look like in your own journey if you became honest enough to just say out loud things that you don't usually say about prayer, to just look honestly at your experience of prayer as, we, uh, as you hear what we have to say this morning and as you ponder what we talk about this morning. Last week, Pastor Ryan, I think, got us off to a great start, uh, mentioning several reasons why we might not pray, why we don't pray. And he, was fo- he focused most of his comments on his experience with distractions as a reason why he sometimes doesn't pray. And I'd urge you to listen to that sermon if you missed it. It's really well worth your time. Because you don't want to miss the riff on prayer time at the McQuitty House. There you go. <laughs> and so today what we want to do is focus on a second, a second important reason, a second major reason why we don't pray, something that comes from our own experience. And that is that sometimes we have found we don't pray because sometimes we find prayer boring. If you find yourself reacting to that word and thinking, boring, that's, that's kind of strong language. Maybe, maybe you're thinking, I wouldn't go that far. I don't want to be blasphemous or something. And I don't, maybe that's not even something you think your pastor should say out loud in church. But think about other words and see if these words maybe describe some of what you've experienced at times in prayer. Uninteresting. Has your prayer ever felt repetitive to you? Has your prayer ever felt unimaginative? or flat, or dry. Do any of those words, if you're really honest, do any of those words describe either your prayer life in general or seasons in your prayer life? When I'm really honest, some of those words do apply to prayer in my experience, especially early in my journey with God. Early in my journey with God, I would say that a lot of my prayer resembled me kind of grabbing my personal shopping list and reading it to God. So God, help me write this paper that's due tomorrow. Um, Help heal our baby's ear infection so we can get some sleep tonight. Um, Give my friend courage in her tough marriage. As I grew, I began to care about more things. And I would say that later in my life, I started going to church prayer gatherings to read my church shopping list to God uh, because I wanted the church that we were attending at the time to be more alive and and more effective. Um, So I was praying and I knew it was important, but I can't honestly tell you that in those early days that prayer felt life-giving, like as in, oh, great, I get to pray now. Um, I don't remember ever saying out loud Uh, that I sometimes found prayer repetitive and flat. Um, Sometimes I fell asleep when I prayed, and I didn't say that out loud either. Well, I don't think that was always entirely because you found the prayer boring. Sometimes just because sleep deprivation, having young children. Giving me a pass. Yeah. Well, please don't hear this as a teaching against intercessory prayer, uh, because that's not at all what what we're saying. Um, there are certainly many places in the New Testament we are, where we are invited and instructed to ask God for the things that we need or that we want, and that's a perfectly fine way to pray. 
Jesus modeled intercession for us, and he himself said one time, ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. The point that we're making is simply that if intercessory prayer, or if asking God for what you want, is the only kind of prayer that you know, if it's the only, kind of, only way that you pray, then you're likely to, at times, find that kind of worn out and repetitive. Yeah. So another way to say that is prayer is not primarily or only about getting God to do what we want. Um, Prayer is one of the main ways that we build and maintain relationship with God, the one who loves us most, knows us best. It's also one of the main ways that we are transformed, the way we become aligned with God through the course of our conversation and interaction. Um, And essentially, any and all of the kinds of interaction that we have in our close relationships can be part of prayer, our interaction with God. So what we want to do this morning is we want to offer you several different forms of prayer, several different ways to pray that you might find refreshing. They may not all be a good fit for you, but we'd just like to give you some examples. Obviously, the list is much longer than what we can review this morning. But So we said that prayer is about asking God for things, and that's a fine way to pray. But prayer is also about enjoying God. Enjoying God in much the same way that I enjoy uh, my close friends, in much the same way that I enjoy Nita's smiles and her laughter. If you know her, you along with me probably enjoy her enthusiasm for many things. Uh, I enjoy her enthusiasm for people, for babies, and even for me. Um, So that's great. And maybe what we and what it would be like if you think about enjoying God in much the same way, enjoying who God is, what God does, and God's enthusiasm for you. The psalmist did this, all through the psalms you can find this kind of prayer. The psalmist prayed one time, Oh God, you are my joy and my delight, and I will praise you. He's enjoying, he's delighting in God. So one way to enjoy God uh, is to go on an out, what I call a, an outdoor treasure hunt. Um, perhaps especially if your spiritual pathways include naturalist or sunset. Uh, this can be a beautiful way to pray. So here, for example, is the psalmist during doing an outdoor treasure hunt, although I doubt he called it that. He says at one point, The heavens proclaim your glory, O God. The skies di- display your craftsmanship. Day after day, the skies continue to speak. Night after night, they make you known. They speak, uh, they speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. He's he's enjoying God as God has displayed in his handiwork. So if you feel drawn to this, you just get yourself outside. And I like to begin by taking a good long look at the sky and telling God what I especially enjoy about today's sky painting. It's different every day. Um, can start walking and just pay attention to what you see and hear and smell. Um, Imagine, I like to imagine that God is walking with me because actually he is. Um, And then stop whenever something catches your attention and simply enjoy it. This is, you know, the sort of stop and smell the roses thing. We all say that, but how often do we actually do it? Another thing you can do is gather some of the items that you find on your walk and bring them home with you so that you can enjoy them a bit longer. You uh, might want to arrange them on a plate or perhaps you want to arrange them in the driveway. 
Uh, and when they catch your eye throughout the day, you can again pause and enjoy God. Um, here's a picture for you of what my friends, uh, my friend Allison and her son Daniel gathered and the way that they arranged it in their driveway. I thought that was so beautiful when I saw it on Facebook. So these are things they gathered on their nature walk. Yeah. And then they arranged a sort of a collage when they got home. Yeah. 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 Some of you were thinking, oh boy, where are we going here? If your spiritual pathways include enthusiast or sensate, you might particularly enjoy God with music or with movement. So you might want to put on some music and dance or even wave a flag. Um, the Bible says that David danced before the Lord with all his might when the Ark of the Covenant finally made its way to Jerusalem. If you have time, I'd like you to jump on YouTube and check out a music video called The Well. It's done by J.J. Heller. Um, and the main phrase in the lyrics of that song is, you are the well that never runs dry. And I cannot tell you how many times that phrase has strengthened and encouraged my heart. Um, I wanted to play it for you this morning, and I was actually even going to dance with my flag, but uh, we didn't have permission to show the video. Yeah, so. I was going to dance along too. <laughs> no permission for that. So. <laughs> But I love how playful JJ is in this music video. She's smiling and bopping around, and she's these tiny instruments that she's playing. Um, and so that's a song that I'll put on at home, nice and loud, usually when no one else is around, and just dance my heart out. Um, dancing was like verboten when I was young, so I don't really know how to dance, but I just move in a way that expresses my joy uh, in this God who's a well that never runs dry. And I think what the point here is that, especially if your spiritual pathways include, what did we say, um, enthusiast or sensate, it probably, you probably want to find ways to be playful in prayer or exuberant in prayer that might feel, I mean, our, if you're Swiss German or one of the Northern European cultures, you're probably a little, that's not probably your first thought, but I think it's something that would be wonderful to move into. And I will say, I don't usually dance when I pray. I don't, we don't, I don't usually wear wave flags, but one of the things I do is I sing my prayers sometimes. I mean, if you think about the songs that we sang this morning, some of them were prayers to God. Like, I surrender all. That's a prayer. You can, you can memorize that. Probably many of you have that memorized. And you can sing that as your prayer to God tomorrow. Or another song that particularly catches you. That, that's another way of praying uh, to the Lord. Prayer is also about thanking God. Um, just like I thank Carl for things, we can thank God for things. Um, recently, I said, thank you, Carl, for noticing that strange noise in the Civic that I didn't hear, even though I drive it all the time, and for getting it checked out. And as I've thought about it, I realized that I also say thank you to Carl, probably about once a year, uh, for making sure that I'm always driving a well-maintained car. He's done that for 37 years. Just like we thank other people for things, we can thank God for things. And this is probably a very familiar form of prayer to you, um, something we're familiar with at mealtimes in particular. Uh, one of the things that we do at dinnertime often is we, we pray a prayer of thankfulness. Uh, we share that meal together, and we'll often just think about the day and give thanks to the Lord for the things of that day. So, you know, thank you, Lord, for the beauty of this day. If, uh, thank you for the, the joys of my work this day, for the challenges of my work. Thank you for that person I encountered. 
Thank you for good health and for strength. We are rich in so many ways. Thank you for the friends and family who surround us. Thank you for the opportunity to do meaningful work. Thank you for the financial provision you make for us and so on. And thank you for three granddaughters. (laughs) Prayer is also about saying I'm sorry to God, saying thank you to God, but also saying I'm sorry to God. Just like I, I tell Nita that I'm sorry when I've been irritable or impatient with her or when I've hurt her in the same way that I've hurt her many times before. If you've been married more than a few years, you know that there's, sometimes there's a repetitiveness to the ways that we hurt each other. There's, there's rhythms to that. And uh, I need to occasionally say that I'm sorry when I realize I've done that again. David said he was sorry to God uh, after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And he wrote it down, so we have a record of it. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from sin. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So sometimes we're repenting to God even though it's another person that we've hurt because we realize that fundamentally it's, it's God against whom we have sinned. One of the ways that we can say thank you and I'm sorry to God is through the practice called daily examine. Daily examine might be especially appealing to you if your spiritual pathways include ascetic or contemplative. The way that you, one way to do this would be to quiet yourself in a comfortable chair or to go for a walk, an evening walk late in the day. Um, and begin by watching a mental video of the last 24 hours, the last day of your, of your life, and think about where were the gifts that I received? Where did I receive a gift from God or from another person in the last 24 hours? When did I act in alignment with God, and when did I not do that? The thing that makes this prayer practice especially interesting to me is that it's important to give the remote for the video to Jesus or to the Holy Spirit along with permission to stop the video at any point where it's important for you to notice what was going on. And so if Jesus stops the video at a place where you are not acting in alignment with God's love, that's a place to just pause and say, I'm sorry. Maybe the video pauses at a gift of the day that you would have totally missed. And that's a beautiful opportunity to be more aware and to stop and to say, thank you. Prayer is also about listening to God. Um, Similar to the way that I try to listen deeply to Carl when he's going to share his heart with me. Um, I stop what I'm doing. I make eye contact And even though I'm a verbal processor, I do my very best to zipper my lips and just be and listen. We have an example of this in the scriptures, uh, and you can do the same praying as Samuel did when he was a little boy, and he felt like God was speaking, he heard God speaking to him, and what he said was, speak, Lord, your servant, for your servant is listening. That's something that you can pray as a direct prayer to God as you begin a time of listening to God. Prayer is also about aligning ourselves with God, aligning myself with God. Just like I align myself with Nita when I'm trying to understand her way of thinking or I'm trying to understand what's important to her, I'm listening, but I'm also thinking about aligning myself with her. When I'm aligning myself with God, I might agree with the psalmist who says, teach me to do your will. 
for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. One of the ways of praying that connects with listening to God and aligning ourselves with God is praying a psalm. The book of Psalms has been the prayer book of God's people for thousands of years, and it's full of these ancient, carefully crafted prayers, which may particularly appeal to you if one of your spiritual pathways is intellectual or traditionalist. So consider praying a psalm, but by personalizing it with personal pronouns and adding your own contemporary content into the text of the psalm. For example, Psalm 143 is written in the first person, as many of the psalms are. I can adapt that psalm and pray it as my prayer, turning to God in my discouragement, surrendering my will to God, and pausing to listen between the various phrases. So I might use this psalm as a way to listen to God and to align myself with God. So if we're going to put this, the text of the psalm on the screen, and you can see how I, I don't say every word that's there, but I adapt it uh, f- to pray from my own heart. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. My spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. And I might pause at that point to just listen to see if I sense a, a encouragement or if I sense a word of encouragement from the Lord. I've sur- I'm surrendering myself to the Lord, saying, my spirit faints within me. I'm discouraged. My heart is dismayed. But then I go on to pray, I remember the ways you have provided for me and taken care of me in the past. So I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for, you, for to you I entrust my life. Here I'm aligning myself with God. And maybe I pause again after I pray that phrase. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. And then I wait and listen and quiet my spirit. And if you're like me, every every now and then when I do that, sometimes I don't feel like I sense or hear anything, but sometimes an insight will come into my mind or a word of instruction or something like that will, will come when I'm listening and I'm aligning myself with God. And finally, in verse 10, the psalmist says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Because of your faithfulness, bring me out of this distress. That's a much longer psalm than that, but you get the idea. Personalizing the words of the psalmist to to be your own prayer. If you've prayed for any amount of time, you know that listening to God can be quite a challenge because when we try to quiet ourselves and listen, then monkey mind kicks into gear and all kinds of other thoughts start um, coming One of the things that can be helpful for stilling the mind is to be doing something with your hands. Um, That could be as simple as washing dishes or raking leaves. One of the things I like to do is to doodle while I'm listening, while I'm praying. Um, I have a picture for you of a recent doodle that happened on a morning when I was feeling kind of disappointed about something and also... um, struggling with feeling like I was not enough. And as I just began to pick up the colored pencils and the markers, um, this phrase from the morning scripture came back to me, calmed and quieted. So I just put that in the middle, and I just started to draw and to just sit with those words and let them soak uh, into my heart. Um, And I would say that by the time this 
this drawing was done, uh, there had been a shift inside of me. I was more aligned with what was true and where God was inviting me to be. So I, I think one of the things that is interesting about this is that prayer is about words, but it's not all about words. Some of prayer can be just more intuitive, where you're just releasing some of your emotions, you're expressing your emotions to God, perhaps by what you draw or the colors that you use. And so uh, drawing, doodling can be a way of praying as well. Um, some of you who are more intellectually oriented might want to write your prayers. I know that there are people who make a regular habit of writing out your prayers as a way of just giving them very concrete form. And then you can also look back at them and it's a kind of journaling. It's like sort of built-in journaling as you write out your prayers. So these are just a few examples of ways that you might consider praying in fresh ways. Um, we just wanted to remind you this morning that all and any of the kinds of interactions that are part of our close relationships with other people can be part of our interaction with God if we're a little bit creative in how we, how yeah. we adapt them. Yeah. We really want you to get this morning how broad prayer can be. Um, prayer can be anything that you do with the intention to be aware of and connecting with God. So the possibilities are actually endless. So if you aren't praying, or if you are sometimes not praying, like we sometimes have not prayed because you find prayer boring, we would encourage you to try out one of these forms or ways of praying, or maybe another one that came to mind that you were reminded of as we mentioned these. Um, we want to give you some action steps. Here are some things that you might consider uh, moving forward, some next steps that you might want to take. I suggest beginning by thinking about your spiritual pathways and trying first ways of prayer that align with those spiritual pathways. Um, if you are finding prayer to be flat or uninteresting, it's very likely that you are praying in ways that would work better for someone else than they do for you. So if you realize you're praying someone else's prayer, that might be a sign to shift some gears for you. I would encourage you to start this process by be begin by asking God to open your heart and your mind to uh, the riches of an expanded interaction with him. And remember that uh, enriching your prayer life can be like playing a game, playing a game in which uh, you're exploring how much of your life you can live with a conscious awareness of God. Mm -hmm. I, I'm starting to learn that skill as we've moved into live streaming with leave, thinking about a conscious awareness that there are people who are watching who aren't in the room. That's kind of a new awareness for me. And maybe for you, praying uh, will... Um, will grow and expand if you can think about God being present and you're interacting with him in different ways throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I think often when we're trying to grow in a, a spiritual dimension of our lives, we can engage it from a place that's almost like trying to do really well on a test in order to please God. And so the game, approaching it like a game suggestion, don't hear that as frivolous, mm -hmm. but as a childlike attitude. Uh, this is your daddy who loves you, who wants to be connected with you more than you want to be connected with him. And so how could it, how can I play around with doing more and more of my day-to-day -day life with awareness of God? Ask God to lead, to lead you. Ask God to lead the way for you and trust that the kinds of praying that you feel most drawn to are God's invitation for you to interact with him in your own unique way. I want to offer one caution. You may begin experimenting and try a way of praying and still find that your prayer feels boring or flat. Um, 
The first thing to do if that happens is to stay curious. Don't give up. Try something else. Um, ultimately, I, I want you to get this, ultimately deepening our prayer life is not so much about new techniques as it is about increasing honesty and vulnerability with God. So if nothing's working, just start talking to God about that, the fact that you want to be connected, but it doesn't feel like anything's working. I promise if you start that conversation, um, God will respond. And I would say that from our own experiences, we're saying, we're, uh, saying out loud to you this morning that we have sometimes not prayed because we have found it boring. We also realized that, that th- those were the moments where we had the chance. So that, was the, that was the motivation for us to get curious ourselves and to, to discover fresh ways to pray. Mm-hmm. So our, our belief this morning is that God wants to move us from being people who are bored with prayer, if we are, to people who are brimming with prayer. From people who are bored with prayer to people who are brimming with prayer. I know you guys well enough to know that there are some of you out there who are already brimming with prayer. And we celebrate that with you and say, please tell us your stories because we want to learn from you. And if you are a person who has struggled with prayer, we hope that this morning has piqued your curiosity enough that you will try out one or more of these fresh ways of praying. Let's trust God together to wake us up from boredom with prayer and lead each of us into a life that really is brimming with prayer, that we are being drawn to prayer and excited to be praying in in, in our daily rhythms. Will you pray with me? Loving God, transform us into people who are seeking deeper connection with you through authentic prayers that come from who you made each of us to be. We don't want to be saying rote stuff to you. We don't want to be pretending with you. We want to be with you as simply and honestly as we can. We want the focus to shift from us to you so we can begin to sense your grace. We remember that you are our Father and that you know better than we do what we need with a God like you loving us, we can pray very simply, our Father in heaven, reveal who you are, set the world right, do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals, keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze with beauty. Yes, yes, yes.